New, new, new black, new, new black Wall Street book club. Evan Jefferson, brother, much love. Educating, elevating, because in knowledge is the power and we'll never give it up. <laughs> Literature is for the masses. Where to put your money down the how to watch your assets. Yeah, uplifting others is a passion. My brother Evan, he will turn it into action. New Black Wall Street Book Club. You should come read with come us. Read with us. Yeah, we comprehend and discuss. Yeah. If we all just come together, there's no limit for there's us. No limit for us. <laughs> Here comes your host, New Black Wall Street. Evan, take it away. New Black Wall Street Book Club. Welcome to the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put it in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, CEO of ERGJ Enterprises, ERGJ Black Bazaar, and international best selling author of the book. The Black Billionaires Club. It's a study of black wealth. It's a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth. And I just believe that if you want to be wealthy, you should study wealthy people. We can find that book by going to the website www.theblackbillionairesclub.com www.theblackbillionairesclub.com You'll find that link in the description above or below. In today's episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club, we continue along in our journey into the book, What Makes the Great Great? Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. What Makes the Great Great? Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis Kimbrough. What Makes the Great Great? There's a quality of personality that many successful people share. No matter how they may differ, there's an attitude of Quiet assurance based on self-knowledge that says, in effect, I've been tried in some tough situations and I passed the test. I know who I am. The successful share a special power. They conduct their affairs with a sense of purpose. Their priorities are clear and they orchestrate the events of their lives with a masterful touch. High achievers move smoothly from one phase of their lives to the next. No motion is wasted. In the ancient African tradition of sharing oral history, the Griot told vivid examples of greatness to which future generations could aspire. They demonstrated the attributes that make men and women heroic. In other words, what makes the great, great. There is a condition or circumstance that has greater bearing upon the happiness of life than any other. What is it? It is one of the most common things in the world and within your reach. If this secret were for sale, oh, how rich you would be. A sunken ship, a buried treasure, an unsolved mystery. Why are these objects so appealing? Because within you is an innate desire to solve the mystery that leads to your own personal hidden treasure. Only the wise can guess its contents. Some might say it's in health, or money, or special relationships. But you may possess all of these and still not be content. You may have fame and fortune and yet allow happiness to elude your grasp. Yes, there is one thing more necessary to a happy, fulfilling life than any other. What is it? What makes the great, great? This secret of wealth and success has remained hidden for thousands of years. Since time began, humanity has searched, mostly in vain, for this precious key. It has been found only to be lost again, scores of times. The prophets and mystics of all races have had some inkling of its great powers. Every race, group, and culture has had its wise men and philosophers, its men and women of genius and vision who glimpsed the truth that is buried in the spirit. But it remains for those who possess an open heart and an open mind 
to discover this great truth in its entirety and then to demonstrate to others how they might use it to their benefit. Make no mistake about it. The accomplishments of a few can be achieved by you if and only when you are ready. It stands to reason that in his name, the things I do shall ye do also, and greater things than these shall ye do. What makes the great great? The question was placed before Percy Sutton, owner of the New York's famed Apollo Theater. Here's a man who is clearly in charge of the direction of his affairs, an individual who was raised to see himself as one of those blacks whose accomplishments would become symbolic beacons lighting the path of those of his race. He counseled, if you have but one wish, let it be for an idea. What makes the great great? Have you found the key? Try asking Robert E. Johnson, founder of the Black Entertainment Television, the only black-owned nationwide cable system. Who would know better than he? Johnson is a man whose hopes and dreams have been sins, but he rose again and again to see another day. Life is a grindstone, he flatly states, but whether it grinds you down or polishes you up depends upon what you are made of. The Reverend Jesse Jackson concurs. He spoke openly and honestly regarding success and achievement. You may not be responsible for getting knocked down, but you're certainly responsible for getting back up. When the annals of black business history are written, Henry Parks and the Parks Sausage Company will likely be listed as major contributors. A black, to black America, Parks was a legend, a model of self-initiative and fierce racial pride. Starting with every nickel I could scrape together, he launched a shoestring operation, grinding out sausage and converted Baltimore dairy. He couldn't possibly succeed, but he did. At last count, Parks Sausage has more than $20 million a year in sales. Without hesitation, he stood to make his point. In one hand, I have a dream, and in the other, I have an obstacle. Tell me, which one grabs your attention? No barrier could be erected to shut out Patty LaBelle's voice. She believes she was made for the place that she feels. When asked for the secret, LaBelle recalled her father's advice. Since her childhood, she could never be caught without a song in her heart or a melody on her lips. Sing loud, my father always told me, just in case someone is listening. Talent helps, but greatness has more in common with nerve than it ever will with ability. What a great lesson Reverend Ike taught his race on that hard, dusty Central Park bench. Toiling in the face of poverty since leaving his native South Carolina for three months, Frederick Eichenrocketer, Reverend Ike, ate dog food out of cans while reading his Bible and planning for better days. He delved into the book to find precious pearls. He prayed not to have more, but to be more. Not for fame but to be ye transformed. Now, for more than 20 years, his name has been synonymous with spirituality and prosperity. I asked him for the key to greatness, and he took me off in a totally different direction. Do what I have done, he suggested. Open up a can. The world belongs to those who say, I can. What makes the great great? When asked, Mae Jemison, America's first black female astronaut, was a bit philosophical, choosing just the right metaphor to convey her, great, her point. Greatness can be captured in one word, lifestyle. Life is God's gift to you. Style is what you make of it. George Halsey maintained a coiled intensity ready to spring into action. A former insurance clerk who now holds the highest pen Amway has to offer Halsey render his thoughts. Learn to meet hard times with a harder will. If you'll work two years of your life like others won't, you'll spend the rest of your life like others can't.
You can judge how great a people will become by examining the quality of the relationships between his males and his women and his children. By this measure alone, the people will either rise or fall. This is the test that predicts fame and fortune. What makes the great great? Few people are as qualified as Dr. Alvin Poussaint to discuss the great spirit of the black struggle in America. One of eight children, this noted psychiatrist inherited no opportunities and acquired nothing by luck. His good fortune consisted of untiring perseverance, an acumen for science and medicine, and the Old Testament taught by loving parents who dared to venture past the 10th grade. Dr. Poussaint peered through the window of his Harvard office and established a point of reference. Morality and values begin at home. If black America is to continue its greatness, it must take care of its children. Quincy Jones struck the same note. Greatness occurs when your children love you, when your critics respect you, when you have peace of mind. For more than 40 years, he's built a remarkable career as a musician, composer, television and film producer, and multimedia entrepreneur. His name is synonymous with talent and genius. Cornell West, the best-selling author and college professor, when asked for the root of greatness, repeated this question. Pause for a moment and answered in the manner of a man close to his God. If you want to be great, you must serve willingly and love greatly. Osceola, McCarty's lined, brown hands, now gnarled with arthritis, bear mute testimony to a lifetime spent washing and ironing other people's clothes. Less evident is how this quiet 87-year-old black woman managed to donate $150,000 to the University of Southern Mississippi, Southern Mississippi, a school she could never attend. Though faced with poverty and ignorance, she never backed down. They used to not let colored people go to the school there, but now they do. And I think they should have the money. What makes the great great? This tiny, gentle woman replied in a barely audible tone, do as much as you can for as many as you can. Now McCarty has left a name that can never die. It's not what the successful do, but what their lives promise that gives hope to our race. Ann Fudge's family is a, is a passion for, of her life. As a highest-ranking black woman in corporate America, she stands shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with the best and the brightest Wall Street has ever produced. Without batting an eye, Fudge reveals the source of her strength, demonstrating that she is in full possession of the secret. According to this powerhouse, if you're searching for greatness, Look no further than your own home. The first real test of leadership, she says, is maintenance of the family unit. Captain Bill Pinckney speaks of faith. Everyone fears something. Though wary and trepidation may crowd your thoughts, there's always room for faith. So if you attempt something great and you find your knees shaking, try kneeling on them. Death wins no victory over such men. What makes the great great? Do you know? The overwhelming majority will never recognize the difference between greatness and mediocrity, between happiness and pleasure. They will never sense true fulfillment, nor will they awaken to their highest potential. Greatness is a mosaic composed of very small stones. Each taken by itself may be of little value, but when grouped together, combined, and set, they form a true work of art, the hallmark of achievement. Nine stones or mental strategies underlie all success and accomplishment, all greatness. These stones of greatness to which I refer can be found within each chapter of this book. Fulfillment and personal development comes as a result of relating and applying each of these strategies, which in turn will draw you closer to your destiny, a destiny that you control. A quick word from our sponsor. The key to success. 
Throughout the ages, humanity has viewed lightning and thunder as the wrath of God. Just as the deeply religious look upon poverty, sickness, and lack as visitations of the Almighty. Yet man has learned to harness lightning's electrical power, allowing it to serve him. The laws governing electricity were there all the time, waiting only for the discovery by someone wise enough to show others how to put these forces to good use. Likewise, the power to be and to have lies at your feet. You need only understanding and insight. Our Creator might have given us our daily bread ready-made. He might have kept us in Eden forever, but He had a grander and nobler plan in mind when He fashioned humanity. There's a divinity within humanity that the paradise of Eden could never develop. There's a blessing in that curse that drove man from the garden and compelled him to earn his bread by the sweat of his brow. It was not by chance that our Maker concealed our highest happiness and greatest good beneath the sternest difficulties. Mahatma Gandhi once wrote that there were seven sins in the world. Wealth without work. Pleasure without conscience. Knowledge without character. Commerce without morality. Science without humanity. Worship without sacrifice. And politics without principle. Ironically, strength grows out of struggle. At this very moment, you, the reader, possess great capacities for miraculous self-enrichment. You need only exercise these powers as best you can. You need not concern yourself with whatever you are proceeding correctly or not. The only prerequisite for this journey is that you are conscious of your own great force. Humanity is designed to be spiritually aware, mentally creative, emotionally and physically alert, happy in all relationships, and continually striving to achieve goals. To settle for only partial fulfillment is a grave mistake. We will never be truly satisfied until we break down all barriers that restrict and limit our soul's aspirations. What is the key to success? The sick will say health. The poor will guess wealth. The ambitious believe it is power and influence, and the intellectual will offer knowledge, but each misses the mark. It was out of the richness and fullness of his own life that the noted black historian Charles Wesley wrote, how few people realize that success in life depends more upon what they are than upon what they know. It is self-esteem that has brought this race this far. God has placed the highest price upon the greatest worth, said Booker T. Washington to a struggling student overtaken with thoughts of ending his education. The founder of Tuskegee Institute, Washington, urged the young man to push forward in spite of his difficulties. Standing in the middle of the historical campus, Washington began to probe the young man, searching for any traces of greatness. If a man would reach the highest success, Washington explained, he must pay the price himself. Do you long for an education? Have you the stamina to continue your studies when you're too poor to eat? Will you rise at daybreak and study till sunset long after others have retired? Will you black boots during the day and quote Latin at night? Do you love learning enough to walk 10 miles to borrow a book you cannot afford to buy? And having no money for books, will you borrow the text and memorize your lessons? If five years or 10 years of mid want and woe, too long to spend perfecting your craft? The boy stood aghast as Washington continued. Young man, have you the courage of Nat Turner who laughed in the face of death? Have you the unconquerable will of Harriet Tubman who said with every fiber of her body, thou shalt be free? 
Will you bless your race by paying the price? How much can you endure? It's true, each of us hopes to achieve, but this is not enough. Success is the offspring of drudgery. A man must be self-made before he is ever made. Booker T. Washington was hoping to expose the young man to his own greatness, a secret that has unfortunately evaded the grasp of so many. How beautiful the universe is to the man or woman who is at one with the creator and knows the plan as well as the planner. When an individual realizes that he or she is divine, when he sees that he is a part of the everlasting principle, which is the very essence of reality, the goal of our existence, nothing can throw him off balance. He's centered in the everlasting truth and he knows his true potential. Washington knew this, as do all high achieving men and women. Washington knew something that average men and women don't know. He knew that attitude is everything. That altitude is determined by attitude. He knew that high achievers shoot for the stars. If they fall short of their mark, they at least they come back in with stardust in their hands. If achievers fail, they never stay down. They learn from adversity. They learn from their failures what not to do. Washington knew that the road to success is a worthy one to take. He knew that successful people take chances. They walk to the beat of a different drummer. In addition, high achievers come early and stay late. They make the 40-hour work week look like child's play. Booker T. Washington knew that those committed to personal excellence dream big dreams and work on making those dreams come true. Achievers know the law of averages. They realize that success is a statistical event. Those bent on success know that if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Finally, all high achievers make choices and not excuses. They know that they that any excuse is a reason for inactivity. They have a strong faith, a belief in a divine power, and respect for their fellow man or woman. They have a smile in their heart as well as on their face. They know that they are responsible for the outcome of their own lives, and accordingly, they respond with ability. But most important, high achievers know every inch of their role. And now, you have the map. The power of this strange key. It was this same key that inspired Aesop, father of the first written word, to influence Western thought and morals. In 560 BC, the impact of this black man's genius was felt long before other cultures could ever read or write. Aesop's writings would be reflected in the thinking of Socrates, Plato, and Shakespeare, as well as every institution of higher learning. By application of this missing ingredient, Hannibal, the greatest military leader of all time, conquered the Roman Empire. Napoleon ranked him first in daring. Said the French general, this Hannibal of Africa is the most audacious of them all. He is so bold, so sure, so courageous. At 26, he conceived that what was hardly conceivable and executed what history would truly call impossible. He refuses to be defeated. Hannibal took his almighty army, 50,000 men and 80 elephants, across the Swiss Alps a thousand years ahead of Napoleon. And it was Hannibal, not the French commander, who said to his troops, beyond the Alps lies Italy. Somewhere, as you read, the key to which I refer will jump from the page and present itself to you. Are you ready for it? When, Bru when J. Bruce Llewellyn, one of black America's wealthiest men, was registering for high school, a guidance counselor suggested that he sign up for an auto repair course. His mother furiously stormed into the school and demanded that her son be placed in an academic class. When the counselor said college was expensive, 
she exploded. You do your job and teach him. I'll do my job and see that his tuition gets paid. Today, Llewellyn has, was, has amassed a fortune in business ventures that include a Coca-Cola bottling plant, a television station, and a major magazine. Marion Wright Edelman came into possession of this life-changing key when she realized that service is far more important than money. The youngest of five children of a caring mother and her father, who was a minister, Marion and her siblings were expected to secure an education and to serve their community. After graduating cum laude from college, Mary refused the comfort and power of a job in corporate law. Instead, she took her to the back roads of Mississippi where she found hunger, neglect, and so low self-esteem. Here she proclaimed, this is my place. It was her concern for families, especially for the basic rights of children, that led her to form the Children's Defense Fund. Never too tired to work for justice, never too busy to lend a hand, she pressed forward in public service. When asked for her secret to success, Mary responded, Give me the man or woman who sees the big picture, who grabs the larger view. Show me the child who has a heart and purpose and stands firm amid ridicule and defeat. It is the home stretch that builds the individual. When I was a freshman at Rutgers University, said the remarkably gifted Paul Robeson, one night I saw in the window of my only competitor for first place on the school's debate team a teen a light burning in the darkness. I sat weary but resolute to study just a little bit longer. I did so, and the next day recited Herodotus, as if I wrote it. I have since learned that it is just such a margin, whether of time or attention or earnestness or power, that wins in every battle, great or small. Marian Anderson didn't have to use her gift, but she did. Come from poverty-stricken circumstances in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Marian achieved the distinction of being the world's greatest contralto, so much so that Arturo Toscanini, the great Italian conductor, said that a voice like hers comes only once in a century. And who could forget the moving words of Jesse Jackson as he eulogized his long-lost friend? It took Sammy Davis Jr. 25 years to become an overnight success, Jackson offered as he fought back tears. And now he's gone. Sammy was not the first of his kind, nor would he be the last of his kind. Sammy will go down as the only one of his, will go down as the only one of his kind. I did what I could with what I had. With those blunt words uttered as he announced his retirement, Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall summed up his long public life and his impact on American society. These sentiments were true, but too modest. During his six-decade career as an attorney and judge, Marshall planned, fought, and won battles abolishing the legal basis of American apartheid, defended black voting rights, expanded women's rights, and championed individual liberties. How was it that Justice Marshall, with all the obstacles placed in his path and given the immense weight of the responsibility of the highest court in the land, rose to equal the challenge? When a lesser man or woman would have been rendered helpless by the defection and adverse criticism of friend and foe alike, what kept him standing? He knew the key to overcoming barriers and re reaching goals and objectives. Overcoming barriers does not make the individual. It only shows the world what the individual has made of himself. I was born in poverty said Dr. Myron Moorhead, Black America's first laser surgeon. Scarcity and lack were frequent companions. I know what it's like to ask for the necessities of life when my parents had nothing to give. His mother was a domestic while his father took any job that came by his hand. Nonetheless, as an inquisitive student, Myron was armed with the greatest gift the creator could ever bestow upon any individual. He went to the nearest library and read stories of the world's greatest physicians, and the rest is history. This once poor, unassuming, 
individual demonstrated to a doubting world that he was ready to clutch his future. In the process, he uncovered the secret of success. Do you know what it is? Listen, as Dr. Moorhood provides a clue, no books or capital to start with. That didn't faze me. What has been done before can be done again. In what school have you studied? Asked a student at Harvard University. I studied in many schools, replied a guest speaker who was none other than Malcolm X, the famed Muslim minister. But the school in which I studied the longest and learned most was the school of adversity. Two decades prior, a brilliant but impressionable child, then known as Malcolm Little, stood at the door of deceit and hatred, with his heart set on a career within the halls of justice. He stood silent as his dreams were shattered by the one person who mattered most in his life, his English teacher. Malcolm, Mr. Ostrowski inquired, have you given any thought to a career? Yes, Malcolm said proudly. I want to be a lawyer. Nonsense, I will not hear of it, his teacher said disparagingly. A lawyer? That's no realistic goal for a nigger. Yours is a history of hard labor. I suggest that you lower your sights. You could be wiser to consider something more constructive, like carpentry. Though Malcolm's heart sank, his hopes never dimmed. That night, the tall, gawky boy with a reddish complexion sat on the edge of his bed, determined to prove that his teacher was wrong. In Malcolm's mind, Mr. Ostrowski was dead wrong. You see, Mr. Ostrowski couldn't predict the future. Mr. Ostrowski did not have the final authority. Mr. Ostrowski did not understand human nature. Mr. Ostrowski did not want to help. Mr. Ostrowski viewed life through eyes clouded with ignorance. Mr. Ostrowski was a bad judge. Mr. Ostrowski did not recognize the uniqueness of every human being. Mr. Ostrowski was biased. Mr. Ostrowski assumed. Mr. Ostrowski was limited by limited vision. Mr. Ostrowski had a negative mental attitude. But the most dreadful thing about Mr. Ostrowski that he did, did not know that he did not know about the God factor that a person can change and that excellence is within everyone's reach. Throughout the ages, those who have advanced the cause of humanity have been men and women blinded by a sense of mission. Moses espoused the cause of the Israelites. Martin Luther King got an oppressed race. And Malcolm X, with neither capital nor influence, held his ground against critics and detractors. All did what was morally right with the power given them by the Creator Himself. The Greatest Secret on Earth Within the past century, more has been discovered about the great secrets of the universe that shape human life than was known in all the centuries before. It has been said that a contented mind is the first condition of happiness. But what is the first condition of a contented mind? You will not be disappointed when I share with you this all-important ingredient. It is so common and so near, and yet it is overlooked. But without it, mankind cannot reach true happiness. What caused Benjamin Banneker, a self-taught mathematician, astronomer, author of Almanacs and Inventor, whose formal education ended before the ninth grade to chart the constellations in heavens like Michelangelo chiseled his David? Banneker's life was a living testament to his ideology. He gave the following words of comfort to a poor black child on the streets on the nation's capital, streets that Banneker helped to design. The strength of the mind is no way connected with the color of the skin. Whoever rose to higher influence and admiration in political circles than Frederick Douglass or Sojourner Truth? To what force did George Washington Carver owe his vast influence and great intellectual power? Do you have a clue? As she took the oath of office, Carol Mosley Braun, America's first black female senator, 
Serve noticed that she was aware of this power within. She told a reporter, you cannot blaze forth unless the fire has been smoldering within you. What separates the gold from the dross? If you're ready, the answer is crystal clear. This is the new Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put it in a book, we absolutely will find it. And I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, and we invite you to join the Black Billionaires Club. Get connected with brothers and sisters who are serious about winning with money, serious about success, and super serious about helping you to accomplish your goals and to build your dreams. Check out the website at www.theblackbillionairesclub.com, www.theblackbillionairesclub.com. You can find that link in the description above or below. Make a decision to change the rest of your life. We'd ask that you would subscribe and support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes to improve financial literacy within our community and ultimately to help us to build the School of Wealth, to build an institution that will teach the next generation about money. And your small monthly contribution can make all the difference. Well, says, well we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club. We want you to remember this, that it takes a village. And it starts with us. Let's build as we climb together. We all we got, people. And thank God that that's more than enough. Until next episode, you know what time it is. Mr. DJ, hit the music. New, new, new black, new. It's the new Black Wall Street Book Club. Wall Street. With your host, Evan Jefferson. Evan Jefferson. It's time for us to go. Yeah. Now, you ain't got to leave the computer, but we encourage you to get out there and learn and apply all the things you learn at the new Black Wall Street Book Club. Book Club. <laughs> yeah. New Black Wall Street.